0: You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 11. Today I chat with Janet Easter, who is an expert at thrifting. She is a founder of Verily Magazine, and she just has an eye for beauty. And I'm not sure if you've noticed lately, but thrifting is actually quite fashionable these days. (laughs) Uh, It's really trendy to wear thrifted and vintage clothing. Not to mention, it's also a way to ethically shop because it reduces mass production of clothing. And finally, it also helps on the budget. In this episode, Janet shares her very practical tips on how exactly to thrift, what to look for in a thrift shop. She shares which thrift shops are good which ones are not so good depending on your geographic location. She talks styling tips on how to style the thrifted items. So if you're like myself and are a little weary about thrifting or wearing thrifted clothes, after listening to this episode, you'll feel confident in wearing a piece of thrifted clothing and still looking very fashionable and hip. Janet also in this episode shares her heart and her journey in motherhood as it's been quite the journey with three little ones, three under three, and she shares that although it's been very difficult, she has a way of seeing the beauty in motherhood, and I know you'll be inspired by that message as well. For today's episode, we also have a gift for our listeners if you sign up at patreon.com slash mothergood, that's patreo dot slash mothergood, and if you sign up for a $5 monthly recurring donation, you will get a $5 Starbucks gift card. So you could enjoy those pumpkin spice lattes or your beverage of choice this fall. And there's no commitment. You can cancel at any time. So after one month and you've gotten your Starbucks gift card, you want to cancel, you can go ahead and do that or you can continue it. So that really help us out so we can continue with producing this podcast and our monthly expenses for producing the podcast. And we would really appreciate it. Finally, we'd like to ask a big favor of you all, and that is to rate and review us and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already done so. That would really help us out, and we would be so grateful to you. So without further ado, here's our amazing conversation with Janet Easter. Welcome to Mother Good, where we strongly believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. I'm your host, Emily Carney, and I'm so happy that you are here. Our conversations are positive, practical, authentic, and judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. If you are looking for a meaningful motherhood community and ready to thrive, not just survive, you are in the right place. Hi, Janet. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I'm so excited to finally meet you, (laughs) even if it's (laughs) over audio. Definitely. Uh, Yes. tell everyone about yourself for those who don't know you?
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Janet Easter, and I'm currently a stay-at-home mom with three little ones who are literally three, two, and one years old. <laughs> so it's a little crazy right now in my life. Um, and I we're living in a, a little borough of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a sweet town called Swickley. Um, but I grew up in the Midwest, and I went to school in New York City, where I stayed for nine years until I met my now husband on a completely blind date. <laughs> so. After, um, soon after we met and started dating, I moved to Pittsburgh in a little apartment across from where he was living. And within a year, we were married. And then in less than three years, we had three kids. And it's just been a total blur. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so right now I'm a stay at home mom to my three little ones. And I wasn't always a stay at home mom. It was in um, New York, actually, that I co founded Verily Magazine um, an alternative women's publication that seeks to help women become the best versions of themselves. And I continued to work on barely here in Pittsburgh until I had my first, my first daughter, her name is Gemma. And then after I had my first, um, I would kind of pepper in working here and there, but really I was more just working in between my pregnancies and the birth. So, um, it's really interesting. I think when I, uh, When I first became a mom, I think, well, right before I I had my first, I sort of knew that I wanted to just focus on being a mom, that I wanted to just be at home, that I I didn't want to work, and I really wanted to just be present to those tender years um, with my babes. And it's really interesting because motherhood completely rocked my world. Becoming a mom was like all my expectations, all the ideas I had on what kind of mom I would be, what having a baby would be like. All the things I would do, whether it would be, I don't know, baby wearing or nursing or co sleeping, all those things, I had all these expectations for. And I kind of like totally got flipped up on its head. <laughs> and I was kind of left feeling raw and scared and nervous and anxious. And that first year of motherhood just, it was the most humbling and trying time of my life. Um, but, and even, I mean, even in that first year, I was seven months postpartum when I found out I was pregnant with my second. (laughs) So it's, it was like a total roller um, of an introduction into motherhood of sorts. And, um, it wasn't until about a year after I had my first though, that I started to realize that after spending that time being just at home, I really felt this creative itch, this creative urge to, to just sort of have these different outlets, um. So just kind of organically, I just started doing more stuff around the house that brought me joy, whether it was gardening or starting to play with flowers and setting up a little blog just for fun to sort of play with visuals and photography. And um, I really had this desire to, to kind of keep sharing and keep growing in my creative, um, I don't know, tendencies. <laughs> and, uh, so really anything, I just started to pick up on the side when I could. And I realized like stealing those little moments of sort of these little moments of joy and these kind of doing unnecessary things to things that didn't necessarily need to happen, but still brought joy to me and to my family. Um, I literally had more energy and more focus for my, my children because I spent time doing these little, um, creative outlets. So I know that's not everyone's story, but for me personally, over the past few years, I have found that even though I'm not working, I still need these little creative outlets to be the best version of myself and to be a better wife, to be a better mother um, and I guess most recently, you know, besides blogging or uh, flower arranging or gardening or decorating the house or baking or whatever it might be, um, I really got into thrifting. <laughs> this past year has been all about thrifting, um, which is just cracks me up because it seems to be most uh, it is practical because I love thrifting for my own kids. And um, <laughs> it's, having three under three, it doesn't seem like the most practical option to kind of pick up thrifting as sort of a side Uh, outlet Um, it's pretty hilarious when I bring all my kids to the thrift store and start pulling things so I started thrifting and started a a whole new website to sell my thrifted treasures um, at shopeverthrift.com and I started selling these things on Instagram first and it's just kind of been amazing this sort of organic uh, creative outlet has grown over the past year so it sort of marries my love of of visuals and photos and styling and writing um, helping women have more fun with their style so in a nutshell, that's kind of me. I'm just sort of a stay-at-home mom with a bunch of creative energy and finding little outlets as I go. And most recently, that outlet seems to be uh, thrifting, which just cracks me up.
0: I can relate to so much of what you just said, especially the part about expectations not matching up with reality. I mean, I knew that motherhood would be hard, but uh, once I had my baby, it was. I guess it was just hard in different ways. Uh, so I can really relate to that. Um, And then also the part that you were saying, finding yourself and being the best version of yourself. You know, I thought I would always be a full-time working mom. And then once I had a baby, just as you were saying, I had some of those feelings that I wanted Mm. to spend more time with my baby and, you know, future children, obviously. But then at the same time, I realized I was kind of grumpy when I was just a mom. (laughs) So finding those outlets is so important. Um, Definitely. Definitely. relate. So I I love to when you're talking about Verily magazine and I've actually followed Verily I think since I I don't know for at least a few years now um, and I just have always been inspired by that so I'm so glad that you've sort of kept up at least part of that in terms of the thrifting and the outlet so I know I'm very thankful for you deciding to thrift, even if it's not the best hobby uh, for kids. Um, and I know that I've been a client of yours as well, um, but I've noticed recently too, that thrifting seems so fashionable these days. And I, you know, I guess I really wasn't paying that much attention to fashion since my daughter was born, but um, I would love to hear how you sort of got into thrifting and how it's become your passion.
1: Sure. Well, I am um, gosh, I started thrifting back when I was 14 or 15, freshman year in high school, and I had a a couple of guy friends at the time who were very eclectic and kooky (laughs) friends, and they would take me to their favorite spots to get old band t-shirts or whatever it was, and I I remember watching them just flip through the racks as fast as they could, pulling out t-shirts that it just cracked me up. And I'm I'm laughing because I was inspired by a couple of guy friends when I was in the freshman <laughs> in high school. And I, I always loved fashion and beauty and style. And I think even as a young girl, I enjoyed having fun with it. So I back then I would just grab old t-shirts and um, just kind of kooky things that I would find and then I would kind of re-sew them or tear them up and remake the, these uh t-shirts and different outfits, which was so funny. Um, And I even wore a 1960s prom dress uh, for my senior year. Oh my goodness. Prom back in high school. I, I I was much more probably adventurous with my style back then than I am now. But I just loved, I loved the thrill. Even then, I just, I loved finding something that just made my heart jump and made me smile. And there was something about wearing something that just makes you smile that is just so, wonderful and beautiful and it carries across in the way that you walk and the way that and puts a little pep in your step too. And I think, you know, when I, I haven't to tell you the truth after I stopped working at barely and I sort of just focused on motherhood, I did not, I lost all sense of <laughs> my, um, my sense of style and fashion again, I think in New York, it's very, I it was always very practical, you know, it's kind of real New Yorkers or real people who work in the creative industry for the most part, they're just like, wearing normal everyday clothes that get you to like point A to B um, in the subways and stuff, you know, you kind of have to be practical, but um, I always just wore like a chambray shirt and dark denim with some boots and like in a sturdy coat kind of girl. So I'm veering off here, but so anyway, so I laugh because I've always loved thrifting um, and I always loved putting vintage pieces into the Verily spreads once in a while. Uh, But when I became a mom, I lost all sense of kind of what I enjoyed wearing I kind of just wore what I remember just being shocked like changing sizes and nursing and like freaking out because I didn't know what to wear and I just it was so funny for three years there I kind of just wore whatever kind of fit at the time and what seemed to sort of just work and I, I just didn't really enjoy what I was anymore. I kind of forgot what I loved. And so it wasn't until I started dropping off donations to St. Vincent de Paul society that I just started to peek around the thrift store again. And then I just like fell in love with all of the things I was finding. And so, sorry, long story short, I, I had a love for thrifting forever, but I sort of lost it over the, over the years. And Um, becoming a mom, just not having as much fun with my style anymore because I didn't think I could afford to or I I could, um, I didn't really enjoy it anymore because I was still trying to figure out what size I was and all these things. So um, yeah, it's amazing how even now I I could probably go thrifting every day. I can't, (laughs) but I still love it because I feel like I'm shopping for friends because I get to pick all different sizes and just anything that I think is cute, um, I pull. So that's kind of where my love of thrifting got in, I guess.
0: That's so beautiful. And you have such a talented eye for what to look for in thrifted items when you're talking about you know, what makes you smile and kind of your mm-hmm. outlook in thrifting and looking for friends. Uh, do you have any tips for moms or even women listening on how to thrift? Because to be honest, I... I've tried to thrift just the other day. Actually, I went into like a kid's thrift store for the first time and I was kind of sure. overwhelmed. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is good. Like, is this a good deal? Um, like, sure. maybe this is. I-, I think I ended up buying one dress for my daughter because I don't know. It happened to be some, it was pink and it was sparkly. And yes, yeah. it to be something that I'm gravitating <laughs> like, very basic girl stuff. But, you know, I would love to venture outside of you know, what I normally wear. And I'm, I'm sure like a lot of other women would too. So it, do you have tips for how to approach thrifting um, for themselves and for their kids? You know, should they just be looking for their style, or should they make Pinterest boards? I guess what? How do you approach it, and what do you recommend for other women who want to try thrifting? How to do
1: it? Sure. Well, I think the first step is to definitely just take stock of what you have, and and also kind of dream about. Okay, what is it that I'm looking for? Do I want more skirts? Do I want like a classic blazer? Do I want a really great? coat. Um, Just kind of take stock of what you have and then make a list of what you're looking for. And then when you have sort of a game plan of ideas of like, I kind of want, I'm pretty sure I want this, whatever it may be. um, Then you have more of a narrow focus. And I I think I always tell people to go thrifting, like with your, like (laughs) a cup of coffee and a full belly, because it's exhausting. And I think it's completely overwhelming. Um, You kind of have to go in with a game plan and a narrow focus to make it not so just a miserable experience of feeling like you're drowning in a bunch of clothes. So I, I usually, I think for me personally, for other women, I just try and stick to like four things that I'm looking for, four departments. So I always check out the dresses. I always check out the skirts. I always check out coats and outerwear. And I usually take a quick peek at the shoes, just a quick sweep over to see what they have. Um, and that way it it seems more manageable, I think to kind of break it up, um, into just specific categories, if that makes sense. So, um, so that, and I, I also, when I, when I'm going through each of those departments, whether it's skirts, let's say I usually look for, um, we're
0: taking a quick break to remind you that if you sign up at patreon.com slash mothergood that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mothergood if you sign up for a five dollar a month recurring donation to benefit mothergood that you will receive a five dollar starbucks gift card in the mail so you can buy your fall beverage of choice and again it's a month-to-month no commitment so after the first month you receive that gift card you can go ahead and cancel or you can continue as well so thank you so much for your support and listening to us we really appreciated.
1: I, in my mind, I'm a visual person too. So I think that might help. I usually look for, um, kind of more modern or neutral muted tones and colors. Um, so whether that's denim blues and blacks and grays and creams and browns, those, that, those hues and those tones are much more modern and easy to mix into your wardrobe. So, um, rather than let's say maybe a dated teal or a kind of a vibrant purple. I mean, like you see a lot of just crazy colors when you're in a thrift store. So what I usually do is actually kind of look for the most neutral stuff first. And then if there tends to be like a really great vintage floral pattern that just pops in really tasteful tones and colors, um, I definitely grab that. But for the most part, I usually go pretty neutral um, when I'm looking for things, if that makes sense. So And that's that same kind of quick sweep of a thrift store and sticking to certain sections. I still do that when I do, um, thrifting for my own kids or secondhand shopping, I tend to just sort of take stock of what I need. And then I only hit those. (laughs) I only, I only look at dresses or I only look at sweaters, whatever it might be. And again, I go for like the denims, the soft grays and creams, um, the dusty rose pinks rather than the hot electric colors. But that's just more my style too. So it just depends on what you like, what your style is, getting a grasp of that, and then just kind of narrowing your focus um, when you walk into a store, so you're not just like drowning <laughs> and, and stressed out the whole time. If that makes sense, so that's kind of my basic um, go to tip.
0: That makes a lot of sense when you're talking about being overwhelmed. I feel like that's how I I feel whenever I go into like Ross or something.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, <my> <laughs> it's exhausting. Exactly, oh, so- yeah.
0: But those are really great tips. I guess the only thing that I'm thinking of now is how uh, how do you avoid the frumpy look? I guess that's yeah. my biggest fear. I don't know if that's just for me personally, but I feel like yeah. the items that you pick are they're vintage, but they're also fresh and modern mm-hmm. as you're describing these words. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if <laughs> that's something that... That anyone can pick out, or I—I I don't know, because whenever I see things, maybe this is just mm-hmm. me, but whenever I, see things, I'm like, I don't know. That could be really fresh and modern, but it could look like
1: yeah. just <laughs> wearing like a potato sack. But yeah, like, well, I look like a cartoon. Yeah, you don't ever want to be kind of this. Uh, I mean, maybe it depends on your style, but for the most part, women don't want to look like they're totally out of a time period movie, you know, when they're walking around or just like some kind of character. <laughs> um, I think my my go-to is I always strike a balance. Um, oh, how do I phrase this? So, I usually oh, if I'm wearing going to wear a vintage skirt, I find a vintage skirt that's really beautiful and fun. The best like thing you can do is just wear a simple white t-shirt or long sleeve black blouse or something that you love that's comfortable and simple so that it doesn't... You're not trying to overdo (laughs) what your look, I think. So even like a pretty button-down blouse that's vintage from like the 80s, that's a simple cream-colored blouse, like just put that with skinny, dark denim, high-waisted denim that's modern and a modern boot or a modern slip-on flat um, and jewelry. And it's just beautiful and it's striking and it's different and unique. Although you're technically, you're just wearing a button-down blouse and jeans. When When you wear something that's vintage and simple... Like that's I always pair modern bottoms, like modern denim, with vintage tops, or a modern simple top with vintage bottoms, whether that's a skirt or a trouser. Um, And even if you're wearing a vintage dress, like I always pair it with modern accessories or modern shoes. So it's that it's like the half and half balance. If you're gonna do vintage and thrift, just always pair it with what you love and that you already have. That's you know pretty modern, if that makes sense. So. Um, again, like I'm not that when I style for thrift, I, I keep it very simple on purpose because I hope to inspire women that, you know, you can wear a floral maxi skirt and you just, you know, stick it with a white t-shirt and, a, and maybe a utility jacket and some, you know, wedge sandals, whatever it might be, just something very simple, um, so that's, that's kind of my go-to formula for, for wearing um, vintage stuff that looking fumpy. And also a quick side note, I've taken so many skirts or tops or jackets and just had a slight alteration done on them, maybe an inch on the side to make it just fit me better. And it maybe costs 10 to $15 to do that. So as a side note, if you ever love something, you really want to wear it and pull it off, you can always take it. Sometimes local dry cleaners have you know, people who can do alterations there. Um, and I've done that a lot with Everthrift items.
0: Yeah, those are really great practical tips when you were mentioning just to pra- pair it with the modern element. That that makes a lot of sense too. Uh, what about people who are fashion challenged? Like myself, uh, where, I don't know, I just for me my go-to is just always like jeans and like a nice top and but but I would love to be more fashionable I guess and maybe incorporate some on-trend items in my wardrobe Mm -hmm. where where do you get inspired for something that's maybe a little bit ahead of the curve or like the next trend or something to incorporate and and then how do you incorporate that into your thrifting
1: well it's funny you mentioned Pinterest boards earlier because I kind of took a break from all of that when I was full-time mom mode for the past three years. But then recently I actually went to Pinterest and a lot of my inspiration and lot of these mood boards, I actually do create personally for me, um, when I go thrifting or, um, so I actually go to Pinterest a lot, a lot of the street style, um, a lot of French style. I've been looking at, um, a lot of this sort of effortless, minimal, but still unique and feminine sort of looks you can find on Pinterest. Um, and you can you kind of gravitate. You obviously, you know, you pin what you think is beautiful and you love. And once you kind of accumulate all these ideas, it's kind of, um, I don't know if that helps, but I think seeing it on somebody definitely, uh, makes it more practical. So you can at least visualize doing it yourself possibly. Um, and again, with every I'm trying to do some kind of outfit ideas as well with each sale, just so people can kind of see how to incorporate it. Um. But I think, you know, if you're a jeans and t-shirt girl, some simple ways to branch out are just adding a little bit of layers. So whether it's like an old school blazer with your classic button down or your classic blouse and jeans, or whether it's a really cute vintage scarf you can tie around your neck, if you're wearing something kind of simple, um, there's little ways that you can add kind of a fun, unique you know element to your look um, without totally having to feel like you're a a stylista of sorts or a professional, if that makes sense. So,
0: um, I think the next thing I was gonna ask is um, about how to find thrift stores. Do you just look on Google and how do you know which ones are good or just kind of pop in to them? And then you were talking a little bit earlier about having coffee in a full belly. <laughs> I so, to be how, like how a long that one to set aside time for thrifting?
1: Uh, well, um, I personally, I Usually try and go. I just naturally, I just end up staying in a thrift store anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, an hour and a half. Um, I think that's a good amount of time to really just feel like you hit all your sections that you want to hit and look through as much as you can without totally wearing yourself out. (laughs) So I keep it to usually about an hour to an hour and a half. I that's not to say that I haven't run in and with my kids after the grocery store, sometimes I run in for 20 minutes and I end up finding a really awesome coat or whatever it might be. Um, sometimes that happens. And that's the tricky part with thrifting is that, and, and the fun part, it's, it's, it's always a gamble. You could go into a thrift store and not find anything. And it's really disheartening when that happens. And you feel like, Oh, I just wasted precious babysitting time or precious, precious, whatever. Um, but I think that, again, if you can know more what you're looking for and have more of an idea, you have a little bit better of a chance of maybe finding something. Um, and, you know, I think uh, in terms of finding thrift stores, I literally just Google Map. Um so, but now that i found a couple, I've actually I kind of I kind of cycle through each month going once or twice to these thrift stores. I literally only go maybe once a week for an hour. Um I don't spend hours and hours thrifting actually. So every time I sell thrift clothes, I only maybe spent a total of three hours thrifting. Um which is kind of incredible now that I say that out loud. <laughs> I never really thought about that. Um, but I have found that that some thrift stores are better than others, and I hate to say this about I tend to have more luck um, in sort of the the off-the-beaten-path thrift stores. So the thrift stores that are out um, kind of further away from the city, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I love going to the Salvation Army. That's not – it's probably a 20-minute drive from my house. Um, I I tend to find the most vintage items there, um, sort of these – those really old school treasures I love finding in the more off the beaten path thrift stores in the country or even in down in the city and downtown. Um, I find really great stuff at Salvation Army. Um, and I love St. Vincent DePaul Society is great for the kind of one. It's smaller. I think, um, I I don't mean to go in circles here, but I think think, I'm really thinking about thrift stores now, (laughs) but I, I guess long story short, I think the suburban style Goodwill stores, I actually think they're very overpriced and there's not as, I don't think there's as many options, at least in, in my area personally, that's not everyone's Goodwill, but at least for here, Goodwill can sometimes be a little more expensive than a Salvation Army or St. Vincent de Paul or local. There's a local place called Red, White and Blue Thrift in Pittsburgh. Um, that's huge and overwhelming, but they also allow find a thrift store that has sales every time you're there. So they'll say, you know, 50% off green tags or, you know, half off uh, shoes. And so when you find the thrift stores that have more sales like that, it's really fun. Um, I know that St. Vincent de Paul has every Wednesday half off of women's clothes. So um, once a month I try and go on a Wednesday per se. So it's more just like starting to just test the waters and visit one at a time and just sort of see um, the, get a feel for each of those stores and the prices as well. So
0: I, I didn't realize that, uh, thrift stores had sales, so that's good to know. <laughs> good... Yes.
1: But I know it's insane. You would never believe it. Um, but, and there's, yeah, it's, it's, I find some great deals sometimes when I can get half off or when I get even 70%, 75% off because they're just trying to clear out their stock. So right. anyway, it's, exactly. it's amazing.
0: And that's mm-hmm. crazy too about the suburban thrift stores. Um, it's interesting you say that because the thrift store that I just popped into the other day because I've been meaning to mm-hmm. go, but it's in a suburban area. And when I was looking at the prices, I thought th- there was a pair yeah. of shoes that my daughter I bought brand new for my daughter, and they were at the store and they were pretty worn, like really worn. And my daughter wears shoes pretty, like she wears them pretty well too, and they were mm-hmm. only like ten dollars less. And I thought, well. Sure, I could just get them brand new on sale. So that's, and then I thought, oh well, I don't now. I don't know if all these prices here are good, so I'll have to check out ones that aren't so suburban. So yeah. that's that's a really great
1: idea. Yeah, it's, I found that out through trial and error too.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely good to know. How about um, more modern stores? I know that's a little bit slightly off topic, but since you mentioned pairing. Um, hmm. more vintage items with more modern pieces. Do you have some, I guess, go to modern stores that you go to, to kind of, um, contrast with the vintage items or do you just pull what's already in your closet?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question. I think, um, it's tricky because my, my size or everything has kind of changed with motherhood. So I did have to buy a lot of new stuff. <laughs> I think over the, um, past couple of years, my, it's, um, uh, I see it's not anything new. I think a lot of women love Madewell jeans. I really love Madewell jeans. Um and I think they are so forgiving and becoming and simple and modern. So Madewell has great denim. Uh but I am I really want to try and find more companies too that um are more outwardly ethical and so I know that Everlane I I I love getting t-shirts and kind of staples at uh Everlane. So I love their t-shirts. I I haven't yet tried their denim, but I've heard wonderful things about the denim. And they all have just very simple like basic uh staples for your closet. Um so those are the two that come to my mind right away. And I um I know Reformation is sort of a newer sort of ethical company and I really love a lot of their basic staples as well. Um so off the top of my head, that's kind of, <laughs> I, sh- I should think more about it though. That's a good question. I've,
0: I've tried Madewell too. So I, I just recently got a pair of Madewell and they are very forgiving. That's
1: Yeah. I love the way they move with you and stretch and it's just really nice and they always look good.
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess not your typical mom jeans and you still look stylish with them, but.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's great. Well, I would love now to talk a little bit about your personal side of motherhood. I know that you mentioned a little bit earlier at the beginning about the first year of motherhood being raw Mm -hmm. and difficult moments. So I would love to hear a a difficult story and then also the most beautiful part of motherhood, some examples of of those two items.
1: Sure. Um, you know, these are such a good question. It's, um, again, I sometimes feel like my days are blurs and I just sort of just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think a lot of moms are just in that mode. You just keep going <laughs> when it's, when it's the, this, you know, the really young years. And, um, specifically, I think I, the first thing I thought about actually was just when I found out we were, I was surprised to find out we were pregnant with our third and I had, you know, a what was it? One and a half year old and a eight month old, seven month old at the time. And then we found out we were pregnant with our third. And I, you know, it's, I didn't have the kind of yay, exciting, like announcement. I can't wait. This is amazing. It was like, I was, it's, I, sat, I feel terrible saying this, but I was just crushed and terrified. It's like the floor came out from under me and I didn't know how I could be a good mother. I didn't feel like I was, I felt so stretched between my other two that were so little and needy. And I felt like there was just no way, no way I could make room for another baby. And it, and I, I hate admitting this, but it took me like six months to sort of finally have this ability to sort of embrace and be at peace with the fact that I, I was going to have another baby and that I was carrying him in me. Um, and so part of me always, feels a little bit guilty that I didn't have, you know, the typical, I, and I haven't really with all of my finding out I was pregnant. Um, it was always kind of shocking and I wasn't quite ready for it. And then, uh, and I just, I was kind of, I was in a dark place for those first few months when I was um, not, I was really sick and it was a tough pregnancy and I was trying to do my best to just take care of my other two babies. So that was a really hard time um, as a mom and What's so beautiful about it, I think, is that when you asked about what's the most beautiful part of motherhood, it's amazing how you don't know what you're capable of until it's thrust upon you or until it's given to you. And I think that, you know, when we found out we were pregnant with our third and I had such this, that difficult time and then once he came, once he was with us, it's, it's incredible how it's once you lay eyes on them, once you hear them, and you feel them. It's like you've always missed them. It's as if you couldn't imagine your life without them every single time, no matter the scenario, no matter the case, um, no matter how difficult. And I, I'm always so humbled and in awe that 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 we're given that grace, that we're given the ability to do that as women to make room for another to to care and nurture and the way that we've, and the gifts that we've been given to be able to still give it when you think you can. not And it's, it's amazing because, um, not that so much that it's our own personal strength. Uh, yes, that's part of it, but it's also just, I think a miracle. And so, um, not to kind of drag on, but I think that the most beautiful moment I realize is that despite the scariness and the kind of difficult rocky road of introduction into motherhood that I had and then having so many kids right away and I can't imagine my life without and I would never wish that you know, they, any of them were not with me um and they've made me they've refined my heart they've made me a better person and they've brought to light the things that I struggle with the most and and that's all for good it's all it's all good it's all grace it's all um it's also humbling. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question. It's sort of, I just immediately thought about the past year and just having my third and kind of coming to grips with that. And then just the true joy that he is.
0: Yes. That's so beautiful when you're talking about that. And so encouraging too, because you know, my husband and I are hoping to have our second soon. And Mm -hmm. I've had similar feelings that you've said just you know, will you be able to love, you know, the next baby as much or, you know, all those questions. So that's so encouraging and beautiful to know that mothers were made to just expand their hearts with each child.
1: And it does happen, even though you think it's impossible. (laughs) If you think it's just physically not, you're not capable. It does. And it's amazing. So yeah, it's a big
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful testimony. Thank you for sharing that. And then the last question that we ask every mom who's on the podcast is kind of ties Mm -hmm. into our motto of there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Because it Mm -hmm. it seems like that so many moms struggle with this invisible, perfect mom that they're trying to keep up with. And then obviously with so much shame surrounding motherhood, just with comments from strangers or family members or friends. Uh, So. That's why we try to focus on being a good mom instead of a perfect mom. So, if you have any examples, I know you've already shared some, but um, an example of the time that where you just kind of had that moment and realized that it's okay to not be perfect.
1: Oh, I'm cracking up because my example is probably not super (laughs) dramatic or intense. I'm laughing at the first thing that came to my mind was even just something as simple as eating. So I thought I would just be like, I mean, we have this idea that the, the I, I, I should restart. I think I have a tendency to want to control the exterior things in my life to feel like I have a handle on the craziness or feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing. So whether that's just like cleaning or like fixing something in the house or whatever it might be. I can spend so much um, energy on that. And I think as a new mom, I thought I'd do all the organic stuff. I'd be super healthy. My kids would be so, you know, eating special diets that were like super clean. And then at some point I just, now I just serve them plain pasta a lot of the nights with butter and a little bit of salt. And cause that's what they eat and that's what fills their bellies. And I'm cracking up at where I've come from in three years where I made all the organic baby food. I did all this. I did all the extra stuff. And now I'm cracking up because you know, tonight I even gave my one year old a little French fry, which I hope that doesn't scar anybody listening, <laughs> but I just, I just feel like, here you go, buddy, here's some chicken nuggets. And I know I gave him some veggies, but I just, I'm so much more <laughs> relaxed and I've given myself a little more, um, ability just to breathe. And I just, there's times where you just need to feed your kids, you know, and not, there's some battles that are not worth fighting, um, with toddlers. So it's kind of funny. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but it's, I I had so much pressure as a, as a new mom. I wanted my kids to dress a certain way. I wanted, our house to look a certain way. I, want, I just wanted all these things. And you know, Instagram is tricky because you do see that. You see tiny little snippets of people's lives or things that inspire them. And then the reality is everyone's life is kind of just as crazy and haphazard in a way. You just We're just seeing kind of little glimpses. Um, and I think I, can, I fall prey into wanting our family or our kids to be and look and act a certain way. And they're just the times where I'm just really present to my kids. And we kind of giggle and laugh over a dinner of plain pasta and applesauce. And and that's okay. Like there's, I think it's better for me to kind of just be at peace with them. And, uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Just, yeah, to be present to my children and to let some of those things go has brought a lot more peace to our family. That's
0: the perfect answer. Yeah. And as you were saying about the French fries, I was thinking, oh, shoot, I didn't realize French fries was bad. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> I, just,
1: I was like, oh, I would never give my you know, baby a French fry or sugar or whatever it would be, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, here's a cookie kid, you know, like, let's just, <laughs> exactly. let's just get through the car trip. So um,
0: I know. No, yeah. that that was perfect. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing so much of your heart and thrifting, too. I just. For sure. so. Yeah. Inspiring to hear your motherhood story. And also with all the, the tips for thrifting, I was so inspired to
1: maybe I'll go out and venture in. Oh, <laughs> I hope. Oh, it's, oh, that would be great. It is so fun. So no, it's been a joy speaking with you. And thank you for asking me to be here.
0: Absolutely. And for anyone listening who isn't already following uh, Janet's thrift shop, if you wanted to share where people can find you,
1: sure i saw on instagram you can find me at um the handle is at everthrift and then i have a new website you can check out too it's just called shopeverthrift.com.
0: perfect thank you so much janet sure no it's been so great to speak with you emily